This is the Education Business Podcast for consultants and business owners providing services in schools. I'm Claire Riley, and I'll be sharing how to start, grow, and scale your education business. So today we're talking about the process of hiring your first freelancer or employee. So I want you to listen to the uh, previous two episodes, if you haven't already, as they'll really get you to consider what you need to be thinking about before you hire your first freelancer or employee. So this is to hire someone when you're going to teach them what to do and they're going to be working in your business rather than just providing you with an end service or product. So you can go down either route, freelancer or employee, but it's important to choose what's right for you and your business. So I've already talked about what I want you to consider before you start the process. Now let's talk about what the process of hiring actually looks like and I've got 10 points for you. So the first thing is, what is the job? So we've talked about figuring out what you need help with already. And maybe you've even listed the tasks that you could give to someone to do. But have you identified what this job actually is? Are there a group of tasks that kind of make sense together? And what are other people calling that role? What are the right people that could take this job going to be searching for? So half of the recruiting process is actually marketing and it's really important to get that right if you want the right people. So I know some people come up with really fancy names for a job and if you want to do that in your company then that is great but don't lead on your job advert with that because people are not going to be looking for that title. So this brings me on to point two then, writing the job specification and the job advert. So I used to throw anything together But this is a crucial step to take time on. It's a bit like, you know, that supposed rule for writing a good article, spend 30 minutes on the article and then 30 minutes on the title. Well, this is the same. The job is going to take up a lot of someone's time. So writing these documents will take time, thinking, reflecting, more time, editing, reflecting, and more editing just to get it right. So don't rush it out the moment you've done it. And this, oh, this is one of the hardest lessons that I have to keep learning over and over and over again, slowing down because I'm a typical entrepreneur. I love speed and I love to get things out, but that time to reflect, it really does a lot for you. And when you do take that time to reflect, the job could be completely different a few days later than it was in the first place. And it could be a much better one. So really take your time on this. And know that it it is hard, but it's possible, but it's hard. And, you know, it's not just about writing the job spec either, because this could be the first introduction that a person has to your company. So what do you want them to know about you and the company? What is it really like to work with you? How are they going to feel working for your company? What's the big vision that you want them to be part of and buy into? You know, you might even think, does it need a video from you? Maybe setting out some of the answers to some of these questions. So this leads me on to the third point then, considering where to advertise. So where are you going to get the best people seeing this? Now, I know a lot of people like to post on Indeed, and I'm not against that, but it isn't always the best place. And you can get lots of CVs that then you've got to sift through that are not really what you need. So depending on the role, really think about where you're going to post this job advert. 
and your existing community might be a good place to start depending on the role. So, you know, if it's a full-time role for next teacher, we've done that before. We've put it out to our community first. Another place we've done, if it's um, an ex-teacher or somebody who's in teaching and wants to leave, is our local council website because that's where they're looking for other teaching jobs. So that's a good place as well. Okay, the fourth thing then. Think through the process in steps. So it's really easy for us to create this job ad, post it, and then not really think further than that. But I want you to think of it like a marketing funnel. So I have dates for when things are going to happen. What are the steps in this process? What journey will a candidate take? It's a bit like a customer journey. Are you going to call them and have a chat after they've applied, but before the interview? This is just something to consider. This is something that Ed really likes to do for the roles that he recruits for. And if you don't know who Ed is, he's my husband and also the CTO at Classroom Secrets. Are you only going to call certain candidates? And what are the reasons for that? Is it more appropriate for the role to just go straight to interview? So all these questions are ones that you really need to take some time to think about and consider. Here are some more questions to think about on this. How are they going to apply to you? Is it emailing you or are they going to apply via the website? And how do you make sure that that's consistent as well? Which leads me on to point five. What is the selection criteria? So do people need to follow the process properly to be considered? Like to the letter. So for example, you might have a job advert on a website and the instructions might, to be, it might be to apply via a form on your website. And if they decide to ignore that and send the application straight to your Facebook page, are you going to consider the application if it's good? What if they try to be clever and they send it to your email instead? Maybe they've done some extra research and they found your email address. Now, at first, you might be quite impressed by that because it was coming to you anyway. But is it the right thing to do, though? Is it following the instructions? Because I can tell you, when you've got a company of 50 plus and someone applies for a customer service advisor role and sends it to the CEO's inbox, it's just unnecessary noise that you'll have nothing to do with. So you're going to get more and more noise as you grow your company. So you need to define and keep defining what is and what isn't okay. So I know it sounds like I'm being a little bit harsh here, but nobody's looking out for you except you and now me. So I just want to flag that, you know, I've been there and I've experienced this. The point I'm trying to make here is that someone who doesn't read the instructions and doesn't follow them doesn't really want to work with you because when I'm paying a big amount of money for something, it's got my attention. I check it three times. I want to get it right because of the stakes. And this is the same. If you want it, then the stakes are high and you'll make sure that you follow the instructions. So it's obviously not just about following the instructions, whether you get an interview or not, but I'm sure you can feel how passionate I am about it. And, you know, that's mainly because I didn't insist on following the process for the first few years, but it is also about the application itself, of course. So what are you expecting in the application for a person to be interviewed? And how many interview slots have you actually got? So it's a good idea to decide on a number. 
and I'd say no more than four to six per roll, because otherwise it's just really tiring and really hard to make a decision, to be honest. I've wasted a lot of time before just interviewing absolutely everyone. So when I first worked with freelancers, I interviewed everyone and took everyone on. And I ignored red flags when they said that they hadn't seen any of our resources or didn't even know the age group that we catered for. I didn't ask them to send a sample resource. And I actually believed it was a good thing when I asked them the question, why do you want to work for Classroom Secrets? And they told me they wanted the job because they worked from home. Oh, I've learned so much since then. <laughs> but, you know, I also wanted to create loads of resources. But the good thing is, is that you know better than I did because you're getting this insight. So you have a chance to be a business owner now and not an excited teacher like I was. And, you know, be really clear on the expectations that you've got of these prospective candidates. So if the selection criteria involves looking at your website, then don't make it a guessing test like I did. You know, tell them that in the application. So at this stage in your business, you're employing someone probably on the bottom rung, for want of a better phrase, not a director, who you'd have expected, obviously, to do this ton of research, and you're not employing yourself. So it's really important just to be clear about what you're asking for. So many times in the past, I expected staff or prospective staff to think like me without telling them what I needed. So if there's a specific criteria, then make that specific criteria clear. And don't have other bits that you're not telling them about. Number six, plan a task. So this is obviously part of the selection criteria, but because it's so big, I felt it needed its own point. So I've always had a task and they've got better and better over the years, especially when members of the team have actually taken over the organization of them. So the first time I hired, I was recruiting for two roles and I set a short task for each role. And these were linked to the jobs. One was a proofreading exercise and another was a categorizing exercise. Um, I suppose really using like school language, like key stage two and things like that. And if I'm honest, I was disappointed with the completions. They were, they were not great. And do you know what I did? I just ignored it. I ignored the fact that they weren't great and moved on anyway. And I'm going to talk more on that point in a little bit. But, you know, tasks can be all sorts of things linked to the job. So you might have an application task and then you might have a second interview task. Sometimes it's a cold task with instructions. Sometimes it involves teaching them something first. Sometimes it's in person. Sometimes it's remote. Sometimes it's a group activity with existing team members. And sometimes it's a presentation. And it doesn't just depend on the role for whether it's different or not as well. It depends on the rest of the team especially if you've got other team members by them, and what you really need out of that person who you need to fill this new role in your company. So I hope that you can see the scope um, of interview tasks here. Basically, it can be whatever you need. You just need to get creative. Number seven, know that you don't have to. So you've gone to all this effort. It's the first time you've been through the process. You've had the advice, but that doesn't stop you from feeling like you've been winging the whole thing, a feeling that you're getting more and more used to as an entrepreneur. But you have this feeling and it isn't what you thought it would be. The candidates aren't as good as you thought they might be. 
But you've got faith, though. You like to see the best in people. So even though you feel, feel uneasy about all of the candidates, you're going to try one out anyway. Stop. Yes, it's taken time, money, effort, but you don't have to. You can go through this process and decide not to hire anyone. You can just start the process again. You're not obliged. So I remember Ed saying this to me a number of times. And every time I ignored him and went ahead anyway when I shouldn't have. And the reason was, is that I was feeling so overwhelmed that I just wanted another person to come in and solve all my problems. It was like I believed the next person would solve all my problems, even though the other people hadn't. So I hired on a number of occasions when nobody was suitable, really. And instead of re-looking at what I was doing, I carried on. And getting this wrong could cost you a lot more time and money in the long run. Number eight, remember you're being interviewed. So at the beginning of the interview, give a 15-minute speech. It'll give them time to feel at ease and get comfortable with you and get to know you. Explain what the culture is. Tell them where you want it to be. Talk about the role and what excites you about it. Tell them why you set the company up and the journey so far. It might be their interview, but you need to sell it to them. They're interviewing you as well. They're seeing if it's a good fit. And it's really important that you put that step in and don't just assume that they know. You want them to buy into this company and really want this job. The ninth thing, hire on values. Find out what's important to them. So if career doesn't feature at all, how important will this job be to them? Are they going to be motivated? And do their values align with yours? So if you hold integrity in really high regard, and they've shown that it's not really important to them, is the relationship going to work out long term? Now, if you've not hired before, and you've not experienced the fallout of it, you probably say, yeah, yeah, it'd be fine. And I, <laughs> I would have said the same thing. But now I've realized, actually, no, it, it never works out in the end. Um, and it might be a long, painful process. It might be a process you don't really realize. Um, but it's, it's really important to make sure that your values are aligned. And the last point then is review, review, review. So if we recruit for the same role again, we don't just use the last task or the last job spec. We get it out, obviously. We look at it and we consider what was good about it and what wasn't. And we also take some time to think about the successful candidates and ask ourselves, are they still with us? How well have they done? Which parts of the doing really well were to do with our training? Which parts of them not doing so well were to do with our training? And which parts were to do with values? So we'll all co also consider what the team might be struggling with in particular and try and align our tasks and questions to that accordingly because we want to bring strength in those areas. So even though we've employed about 100 resource creators to date, it's never the same twice. It's always an improved version. So every step of the process, including the induction, which we're going to be talking about next time, we're always trying to make it better. So now you've got a framework to start making moves on your first or even your next team member to push your education business forward. Next time, I'm going to be covering the first week and beyond with your new employee or freelancer. If you're interested in working with me from September, 
then you can apply for my one-to-one mentoring program at educationbusinessclub.co.uk forward slash apply one two one thank you for listening to the education business podcast to get more information to grow your business sign up at educationbusinessclub.co.uk